What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? This is your man, L. Jamal, coming through with another edition of Never Out of Bounce. This is the place where you can say what you want as long as you got them facts. It is Monday. I know I was supposed to be back last night on the way out. Well, after work, I had a flat tire, so it didn't happen. But I am here Monday, which, but it always means one thing. Sunday night or Monday night, it means one thing. It's, it's going to be our sports special or my sports special. This is where I'm going through all the highlighted sports action of the weekend. Today, I'll be going over college football. We have some news there as well as some top 25 action. We also got some NFL news and some scores there to talk about as well in a wild week too. And then finally, we have some MLB updates. Of course, we are getting near the end of the season. The playoff races are heating up. Playoff spaces are being accounted for. They're being taken up. So let's get into it. We have a lot to go over today. Let's get right into it with the college football. We're going to start off with the news here. And we have a couple teams to talk about here. Teams that you might not have heard of on the big time scale. But not only did they take home a W, they took home some money. First off, we're going to start in Atlanta. Uh, Georgia Tech hosted the Citadel. They beat Georgia Tech 27 to 24. Now, mind you, Georgia Tech is a main power conference team, power five conference in the ACC, along with Miami, North Carolina, national notable names at Citadel. I know that they play in Division Two, uh, maybe even lower. I'm not too sure. Uh, well, actually, I think I think it is will be considered uh, considered Division Two now since FCS is out of place. Uh, but again. Uh, not on the same level with Georgia Tech. Again, Georgia Tech is not the greatest of ACC teams at the moment. But again, we're talking uh, FBS, a.k.a. Division One, against Division Two. You would think Georgia Tech would blow these guys out. No, they lose 27-24, like I said, in overtime in Georgia Tech's house. Uh, like I said, and the team, the Citadel, got paid $400,000 because this is what happens. Uh, these power uh, these power conference schools, they're looking for an easy win at the beginning of the year just to kind of get the crowd going, to get the team kind of going, get them, you know, loose and, and ready before conference times. Uh, and a lot of times, you know, you're not just going to get a lot of these weaker teams to come out and play you because, of course, the whole purpose is for them to get stopped. So unless you give them some, you know, some type of uh, financial ends uh, then they'll you know then they're not really gonna want to play but a lot of the times like I said these power conference schools are gonna pay these schools some money and usually these teams use those use that money for upgrades and recruiting and uh, you know facilities and so on and so forth so it's a win-win situation uh, however when the situation is the team the, the lower level team uh, school uh, ends up winning uh, like I said they won on a last second field goal uh, that was uh, Again, uh, by Jacob uh, Godek, uh, they could actually Georgia Tech could have won the game in regulation, but they called a timeout right before uh, they called their game. What would have been their game winning touchdown play? Uh, it was a run basically up the middle, but right as soon as they uh, uh, snapped the ball, they had called a timeout. The refs signaled that, and they took away the touchdown. So again, forcing the game to go to overtime where uh, the Citadel's kicker, Jacob Godet, like I said, hit the game winner. Um, and, and again, the Bulldogs had a pretty good game offensively, having 320 yards rushing. So, of course, Georgia Tech has a lot of questions to answer. And like I said, the Citadel goes home with some big bucks. They're going to probably upgrade something. 
Uh, next up, we have Eastern Michigan because we definitely had a couple of these. Why not in week two? Uh, Eastern Michigan was able to beat Illinois 34 to 31 and took home $1 million. Uh, quarterback Mike Gliss, uh, the third, I think, I believe he's a junior at the moment at Eastern Michigan. He led the game winning drive, which ended uh, with a game winning field goal from kicker Chad Ryland. So you see a pattern here field goals they win by small margins but again the fact that these teams are in competitive games with these squads uh these lower level teams uh, you know it says a lot about illinois it says a lot about georgia tech georgia tech and illinois are probably going to have very bad seasons uh, and do not be surprised that uh do not be surprised at least in the case of illinois uh their coach is done because i think he's been there for at least three or four years uh unfortunately for lovey smith who i got love for for being a great nfl coach and a great defensive mind they're probably going to let him go if things do not uh, end up right this season especially with a loss like this to an eastern michigan squad here um yeah it, it doesn't look good and again and in, in georgia tech's case their coach is relatively new if i'm not mistaken paul johnson retired last season so this is their new coaches new head coaches will be his first uh first uh season uh first season there in atlanta so he may you know he'll avoid the chopping block this year but for somebody like lovey smith uh illinois's head coach it doesn't look good now, for Eastern Michigan, they have beaten a Big Ten opponent on the road in three straight seasons. So, again, they've been making some money. Uh, again, they beat Rutgers in 2016. Uh, it's 16 to 13. Actually, not in 2017. I'm sorry, not in 2016. But in 2017, they beat Rutgers 16 to 13 and won $860,000 as well. And also, Purdue will pay them $550,000 and will lose to them. 20 to 19 last season so again eastern michigan is not as bad i mean like either Mich eastern michigan is you know pretty good on their level of football or you know purdue and illinois and Rutgers are just really trash again only time will tell we need the season to play itself out it'll be interesting to see for these two guys georgia tech and illinois but i i don't think there's coming back from losing to a division two school i it's again they might win i'm not saying that they end up winless like the browns and the, and the lions but the seasons don't really end up a winning uh, with a winning record either so uh let's move on we have some injury news coming out of florida uh gainesville to be exact florida gators quarterback felipe franks uh the junior uh for the number nine team was carted off the field uh in a 29 to 21 conference win versus kentucky and he will miss the rest of the season he happened to injure that uh i think yes it's a dislocated ankle and that happened within the third quarter uh throughout the game he did okay uh he went 12 or 17 for 170 74 yards he had threw for a touchdown also threw an interception as well he also lost a fumble uh backup quarterback to uh, kyle trask uh took up the slack and was able to lead uh the gators to a uh, well lead the gators to a win after a 19 point deficit so uh again they got the win uh, I think, you know, for what it's worth, I looked at the numbers, Kyle Trask, uh, he had a really solid game. I think he, I mean, I think the Gators are not that far off. Um, again, I think he might even be just a little bit better than Franks. I think Franks probably was the better athlete, which probably led to him getting the starter spot. But I saw a lot of good passing from Trask. Uh, so again, I feel like the Gators, uh, 
They might have lost an emotional leader, uh, the leader that they were used to and got accustomed to over the summer and the spring uh, and maybe through the course of last season as well. But again, Kyle Trask is a good is a good, capable quarterback with a good, capable arm. They should be all right. I'm not I don't think that they win the conference. I don't think they was going to win it with Felipe Franks necessarily. But again, they'll be all right. They should they should finish with a good record uh, at the end of the year. But let's move on to some top 25 scores. We'll start off with uh, Friday's action. Last Friday's action with number 20 Washington State uh, pulling out uh, a, a slick one, 31 to 24 versus Houston. They go to three and zero on the year uh, again and maintain that number 20 uh, ranking. Matter of fact, I will be coming up with a coming out with an updated uh, top 25 tomorrow. It'll be my first top 25 that I've gone through since uh, the season has started. I like to wait a few weeks. Uh, a few weeks uh, for the season to start uh, just so I can for myself get a good idea of who's good and who's not so I'll be coming out with one tomorrow uh, along uh, with my uh, recap of Monday Night Football so look out for that top 25 that updated top 25 Uh, but for now Washington State is at number two I have Washington State here at number 20 like I said they are three and oh let's break down the stats here but Washington State they were led by quarterback Anthony Gordon who went 36 of 48 he had 448 uh, 440 yards all in Washington State fashion three touchdowns but he did throw uh, for interception as well running back Max Gordon Borgie will lead the way on the ground with 40 rushing yards, but he will also catch uh, 67 uh, yards worth of passes, and also he had a rushing touchdown. Uh, moving on, Brandon Arcanado led all Washington State receivers in terms of yardage with uh, nine catches and 115 yards. Uh, and uh, sorry, wide receiver Aesop Winston Jr. had five catches, 70 yards, and also a touchdown. And also wide receiver Desmond Patton also caught a touchdown as well. Uh, as far as as defense goes, Washington State, the Cougars were led by uh, linebacker Jihad Woods, who had eight total tackles and a sack, and safety uh, Bryce Beekman had ten total tackles. Off to Houston and their Cougars, uh, they were led offensively by the uh, Eric King at quarterback. He had thir- he went 13 to 24 for 128 passing yards. He also had 94 rushing yards and two touchdowns. He, he was pretty much uh, the standout player and really the only really offensive threat. Uh, for Houston in that game. He kept the, the game close, mind you, uh, but Washington State did a good job of containing uh, everybody else. They probably weren't going to get King on his uh, even on his worst day. He seems to be a very good, versatile quarterback. Uh, seems to me uh, his numbers passing might have dipped, but he still was able to score there. Again, he had two rushing touchdowns, so again, they weren't able to keep him uh, at bay. Luckily for them, they were able to keep the rest of the team out of the picture. Uh, in turn, well, yeah, he was a leading rusher as well. So there you go. In terms of receiving, uh, Keith Corbin led the way. He had three catches and 54 yards. And wide receiver uh, Marquez Stevenson had a receiving touchdown as well. Off to defense, uh, the Cougars were led with well, the Houston Cougars were led by safety uh, Leeson Sprewell, who had nine total tackles and an interception, and linebacker Donovan Martin, uh, Donovan Mooton, excuse me who had eight total tackles. Uh, Number three, Georgia, they were in action on Saturday, getting a win, a shutout win versus Arkansas State. Uh, Again, one of those 
bottom tier. Uh, I believe this was even, no, no, this is a Sun Belt team. I believe Arkansas, yeah, so Arkansas State is a Sun Belt team. So, but still a lower rung, you know, squad here. Not a Power Five conference win here for Georgia. But again, uh, easy win. 55 to 0 is the final score there. Penn State was able to pull out a win against Pittsburgh, 17 to 10, on some poor play calling from head coach, Pittsburgh head coach Pat Narduzzi. Uh, there's an article, there's a couple articles written about him on that. If you're into that, look it up they're a little bit funny uh, they call him out on a lot of things they call him a coward they could want an article i'm like damn but again the play calling itself now that i look well i did was was able to look at the highlights of that one i mean he could have probably won that game he got really because i'm gonna say conservative i don't say the word you know coward anything like that i work conservative when the coach uh calls just dumb plays like that that just don't they don't want to they don't want to i mean they don't want to lose the game so they end up losing the game they don't play to win so there you go number six ohio state gets it done against indiana in their big 10 opener their conference opener 51 to 10 of course indiana it's not going to provide a whole lot of challenges this year they never really do for anybody that's kind of sad uh putting on to some more well, another big team uh this team happened to take a loss number 21 maryland after scoring an upset last week are the big Victims of an upset, they try to score on a fake field goal. Didn't happen. They lose 20 to, I'm sorry, yes, 20 to 27 to Temple. Again, ugly losses. But again, that's what happens in the early, uh, the early parts of the season. You get some upsets. I think they're cool, especially especially when you get a ranked team like this losing to an unranked team. I think it's ugly, uh, and I, I just think it's funny. I mean, people talk. I mean, because the media gets all into it. They talk. They talk about it like, oh my god, uh, this team took a loss, and they get they get especially the higher ranked teams when they take losses and stuff. And I'm pretty sure uh, uh, Tennessee last week. I mean, I'm, I, yeah, Tennessee a couple weeks ago when they took a loss to Georgia Tech, the media was all over that. I just think that stuff is so funny how the media just swarms and turns and. Uh, Again, Tennessee was never a great team to begin with the past few years, but again, they were going to always be the favorite against the Georgia State, so the media was just all, all over Tennessee, and they're all over these teams that lose these uh, ranked or these these upset, you know, these upset games here. This is funny to me, but let's get back to the scores here. Number seven, Notre Dame was able to get it done against New Mexico, 66 to 14. We got number two, Alabama, blowing the hinges off of South Carolina, 47 to 23. Uh, we got BYU getting an upset in LA if I'm not mistaken no 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 at home uh in Provo Utah against USC aka uh Southern California the number 2014 30 uh, I think the final yes 30 to 27 was the final score there you got number 17 UCF beating the shit out of Stanford 45 to 27 I don't cuss a lot on this show I do know kids might be listening but they just Got a mud hole. Stanford got a mud hole stomping them. Um, maybe David Shaw needs to. I'm not saying he needs to retire or he might get fired. I'm not going to say that. But I think he might need to make some tweaks in the offseason about how he runs the team or what his identity of his team is going to be. Meaning, are they going to switch up formations on defense? Maybe uh, switch up things offensively? It's looking like it's getting a little bit stale out there in Palo Alto. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to say he needs to get fired or nothing like that. Just needs to, to switch things up in the offseason. Uh, maybe try some new wrinkles. Maybe he did, and maybe they didn't work. <laughs> um, but let's move on. Uh, we got Iowa and Iowa State playing in the state rivalry game. Uh, Iowa gets this one, the number 19 team, 
18 to 17 in a close one. Iowa State, um, well, actually, Iowa took the original lead. I think they were up going into halftime. Uh, there was a delay, I think. Actually, I think that's what it was. After the delay, uh, Iowa State was able to make it close. But again, uh, the Big Ten team in Iowa was able to get it done. They win that rivalry game. They play once every year, of course. I forgot what that trophy they play over is called. I think it's called the Telephone Trophy, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, something to do with both the both uh, squads and a state related, of course. It's a state. It's a state trophy. You know, state bragging rights, of course. Uh, we got number eight Auburn getting it done against Kent State. 55 to 16 was the final score here. We got number nine Kentucky. Uh, sorry, number nine Florida getting it done against Kentucky. We talked about that one before. Felipe Franks went down with that injury that ended his season. Uh, but the Gators, like I said, were able to pull it off 29 to 21. I'm a little bit dis uh, disappointed in Kentucky. Uh, but again, I got to realize they lost a few key pieces from last year including josh allen um i just thought they were able to they would i mean because they had a 19 point lead uh i think it was going into the fourth quarter uh but again it says a lot to the, the qb the backup qb for uh florida kyle trask i said like i said before leading them to a to a win leading the gators to a win so i think uh florida will be all right uh with him uh under center uh, but let's move on we have some acc action uh number 25 virginia Gets a, a squeaking win here this time against Florida State, their uh, conference rival. Thirty-one, Florida State, thirty-one to twenty-four is the final score here. Uh, Virginia goes to three and zero on the season, and Florida State is now one and two. And of course, this is Willie Taggart's second year, and again, it's not going off to a great start. Let's see how it finishes out for them. But uh, in this one, Florida State was led by quarterback James Blackman, who happens to be a Blackman, so that's cool. 22 of 37, 234 yards, and three touchdowns. Not that it would have mattered. I just was like, man, imagine when that family first, you know, came together and made that name. Like, just got to be, man, that's... Wow, that's powerful. Uh, running back Cam Anchor, 78 rushing yards, led the team there. He also had a receiving touchdown. Wide receiver Tamorian Terry had four catches and 78 yards. And wide receiver Keyshawn Helton and T uh, tight end Gabe Neighbors both had receiving touchdowns. Moving on to the defense, defensive back Asante Samuel Jr. Yes, he is the son of former NFL great Asante Samuel. Okay, eight total tackles and an interception, just like his daddy. And also at linebacker, you had Gontavious Jackson, who had six total tackles. For Virginia on offense, they were led by quarterback Bryce Perkins, who has a brother who's a running back named Paul Perkins, who, if I'm not mistaken, still plays in the NFL, or if not, then he did at some point. Uh, but he had, he went 30-40 for 295 yards. He had a touchdown, but he threw for two interceptions. Uh, they also got running back uh, Wayne uh, Talupapa, who led all, who led all well, at least who led Virginia rushers, with 53 yards and also three touchdowns. Wide receiver Terrell uh, Jana had seven catches and 85 yards, and wide receiver Joe Reed had eight catches and 83 yards. For Virginia on defense, they were led by linebacker Jordan Mack, who had 13 total tackles and a sack. Also linebacker Noah Taylor, who had five tackles and a total sack. And linebacker Zane Zandier, who had seven total tackles, excuse me, and a sack. Moving on, we got Arizona State getting an upset again against number 18, uh, Michigan State. 10-7 was the final score there. Arizona State moves on to 3-0. Michigan State is now at 2-1. For Arizona State, they were led by quarterback Jaden Daniels, who went 15-26 for 140 yards. 
Running back Eno Benjamin had 38 rushing yards and also a touchdown. And wide receiver Brandon Ayuk had five catches and 64 yards. For uh, the defense, uh, the Sun Devils were led by defensive back Evan Fields, who had 13 total tackles. Defensive back Kobe Williams also had seven total tackles. And defensive lineman Jermaine Lowell had eight total tackles and a sack. For Michigan State, the Spartans were led offensively by quarterback Brian Lewerke, who went 24-38 for 291 yards. Running back Elijah Collins had 72 rushing yards and a touchdown. And wide receiver Darrell Stewart, uh, he, Darrell Stewart Jr. had nine catches for 120 yards. And on defense, the Spartans were led by linebacker Joe Batchy, who had 12 total tackles. And safety Xavier Henderson, who had seven total tackles. Rounding out the top 25, you got number one Clemson getting an easy one against Syracuse in their conference opener in the ACC. 41-6 was the final score there in New York. You got uh, Hawaii taking a big time L to number 23 Washington. 20-52 was the final score. We got LSU beating up on a cupcake squad. The number 14 beats up on Northwestern State. Uh, 65 to 14. Number 12, Texas, getting it done against uh, Rice here in Houston, 48 to 13. We got Oklahoma, number five, getting another easy win against UCLA, who's been a doormat the past few years, 48 to 14. Number 11, Utah was able to blank Idaho State in the cupcake matchup, 31 to zero. We got number 16, Texas A&M, beating up on another cupcake opponent, as which people will call them, 62 to three. That was the final score against Lamar. We got number 22, Boise State, facing off another against another Division II school. I'm sorry, this is just the ray of the world in week one through three. Uh, number 22, Boise State gets the win, 45 to 10 against Portland, and then finally, my Ducks get a win against Montana. The number 15, Oregon Oregon squad got the win, 35 to three. All right, y'all, I am going to take a quick break, and when we get back, we're going to be talking some NFL news, and of course, I'll be wrapping everything up with some baseball talk, so I'll be right back. All right, y'all, I am back. Let's get right into it. We got some uh, NFL news to go over, and we're going to start off with tonight. Uh, we have, some, of course, we have the Monday night football matchup, uh, Jets and Browns. going to tee off about 5 o'clock. I believe that will be 8 o'clock Eastern time. Uh, we have some significant news to come from there. We have a lot of injury reports for this game. We have a few people uh, sitting out. Uh, let's go into it. Linebacker C.J. Mosley hasn't ruled out for tonight with a growing injury from the season opener. We also got defensive tackle Quentin Williams, the rookie. He'll also miss tonight's game because of an angle, ankle injury. Excuse me. We also got Le'Veon Bell, who was dealing with a shoulder injury. Uh, he has been limited in practice uh, practices throughout the week. Uh, as far as I know, as of yesterday he was still questionable that might or may not be a game time decision i'm not too sure how those statuses work uh pre-game just that's just uh my disclaimer there uh the browns have also ruled out defensive back demarius randall uh he has returned to uh, practice uh but 
uh, well, he returned to the practice facilities with a concussion. Uh, he then uh, underwent the concussion protocol, so he will be ruled out for tonight's game. Uh, we uh, has already been ruled out for tonight's game. Also, running back Dontrell Hilliard suffered a concussion as well and will miss tonight's game. And offensive tackle uh, Kendall, Kendall Lamb is out with a knee injury, and linebacker Darius Taylor, excuse me, for the Browns will be out with an ankle injury. So a few injuries for both teams. Uh, the game might not be as pretty as we might like it to be. Uh, as far as a favorite tonight, um, I think the Jets are missing a few more key pieces. I got the Browns uh, winning. I don't think they score more than than 25 though i got 25 maybe 25 14 uh simeon gets to start for the uh for the jets if Le'Veon bell plays i'm not 100 percent sure again he was questionable as of sunday so again that may change that may have changed this morning right before this recording uh, i'm not 100 percent sure though but uh if he does play that gives the jets a little bit of uh some points but i don't think that gives them uh, well, a chance at some more points. I don't think that wins in the game. I think the uh, Browns go about 25, 28 points, get the W, um, and go home or, you know, go or, or go to one and one of the year. I don't know if they go back to home uh, this week. But uh, I think the Browns, like I said, get the, get the win this week. Uh, Baker tosses a couple touchdown passes. Why not? Uh, the Jets really don't have a pass rush now or uh, any capable defenders, at least. And I don't think that secondary for the Jets is that great. Um yeah, Browns get the win. Moving on, the NFL and also the NFL Players Association will be reviewing Sterling Shepard's uh, concussion uh, injury he suffered last weekend versus uh, the Cowboys uh, because apparently the Giants were able to clear him of their concussion protocol protocol and let him play uh through well throughout the rest of that game however like i said it was proven that after the game he actually had a concussion and he would have to be sitting out this game so the nfl players association and the nfl will be investigating that as they should i don't trust it. i definitely don't and finally we have another injury to report here Yes, there was a lot uh, this well, last week, well, at least week two on Sunday. Quarterback Drew Brees uh, hurt his throwing hand uh, in the 27-9 loss to the, to the Rams yesterday. Teddy Bridgewater was able to pick up the slack to an extent, going for 17-13 for 165 yards. And if Brees is going to have have to miss any significant time this will be the first games he will ever have to miss uh well first starts he will ever have to miss since week three of 2015 and that was the only start that he ever missed uh and that was for a i think it was a similar type of injury in his wrist or something like that maybe his shoulder uh he has had some shoulder problems before uh but never enough to take uh take him away from any uh playing time so uh it's been a he's been an iron man We'll see how this injury affects him here. But let's move on to the scores from uh, yesterday. And uh, we're going to start off with the Cardinals. Uh, Cardinals taking a loss to the Ravens here. 17-23 was the final score. Uh, for the Ravens, they are now 2-0 on the year. The Cardinals now stand at 0-1. And, of course, they have that tie in the first week versus the Detroit Tigers. Uh, let's move into the stats for the Cardinals. They were led by quarterback Kyler Murray, who went 25-40 for 349 yards. Uh, running back David Johnson had a rushing touchdown, and wide receiver Christian 
Christian Kirk led all receivers in terms of yardage with six catches and 114 yards. Wide receiver Larry Fitzgerald would also catch five passes for 104 yards. On defense, the Cardinals were led by a safety Buda Baker, who had 11 total tackles, as well as linebacker Jordan Hicks, who had 11 total tackles as well. For the Ravens offensively, they were led, of course, by quarterback Lamar Jackson, who went 24-37 for 272 yards. He also threw for two touchdowns and is and on his on the ground he led uh, everybody with 120 rushing yards uh tight end mark andrews had eight catches and 112 yards and tight end hayden hurst was able to bring in a, a touchdown pass um for uh, on defense excuse me uh defensive backs brandon carr uh, led the way with six total tackles and marlon humphrey i believe had five total tackles as well uh moving on we had the lions getting it done against the chargers 13 to 10 we also got the colts uh, getting it done against the titans this is a key matchup that i had going into the week uh and i'm glad i picked this one right the colts were able to get the win here 19 to 17 they are both one and one on the year let's break down the stats for this one uh for the colts offensively they were led by jacoby Brissett, who went 17 and 28 he also had 146 passing yards he also threw for three touchdowns but he threw for an interception as well uh, on the ground jordan wilkins would lead the way uh with 82 rushing yards uh, uh wide receiver ty hilton had four catches 43 yards and a touchdown and tight end Eric Ebron and also wide receiver Paris Campbell uh, caught touchdown passes as well. On defense, the Colts were led by Darius Leonard. He had 10 total tackles and a sack, and defensive lineman Denico Autry had four total tackles and a sack. For the Titans, on offense, they were led by quarterback Marcus Mariota, who went 19 to 28. Uh, he would also uh, end up throwing for a touchdown as well and 154 yards. Uh, on the ground, running back Derrick Henry led the way with 81 rushing yards and a touchdown. Uh, tight end Delaney Walker had four catches and 39 yards, and offensive tackle David Queensberry caught a touchdown pass. And on defense, the Titans were led by linebacker Jayon Brown. He had 10 total tackles, and safety Kenny Vaccarol had six total tackles as well. Moving on, the Niners get a big win against the Bengals. 41 to 17. The Texans get it done against the Jaguars, 13 to 12. We also got the Vikings here uh, taking a loss to the, uh, the Packers in some NFC North divisional match. Uh, the NFC North divisional action here. Uh, 21 to 16 was the final score. The Vikings are now two and two and zero, and the Vikings are one and one. Uh, breaking down the stats here for the Vikings, of course, were led by uh, Kirk Cousins offensively. He went 14. Of 32. Uh, he had 230 yards. He did throw a touchdown, but he also threw two interceptions as well. On the ground, Dalvin Cook was a leading rusher. He had 154 yards and a touchdown. Wide receiver Adam Thielen had five catches for 75 yards, and wide receiver, wide receiver excuse me, Stephon Diggs had a receiving touchdown as well. On defense, the Packers were led by Danielle Hunter, who had nine total tackles and a sack, and defensive tackle Linvale Joseph, who had six total tackles and a sack for uh the packers of course uh 
Aaron Rodgers did his thing. Uh, he went 22 of 34, 209 yards. He also threw two touchdowns as well. Running back Aaron Jones had 116 yards and a touchdown. Uh, wide receiver Geronimo Addison, also wide receiver Jamal Williams, uh, all caught touchdown passes. And Devontae Adams will lead Green Bay Packer receivers with seven catches and 106 yards. On uh, defense, the Packers were led by linebacker Blake Martinez. He had 13 total tackles. And safety Darnell Savage. Jr. had six total tackles. Moving on, you got the Cowboys getting it done against the Redskins, 31 to 21. We got the Seahawks pulling out a, a, a good win against the Steelers, uh, 28 to 26. We have the Bills getting it done against the Giants, 28 to 14. Eli is done, by the way. Uh, well, I just mean he's he should be done as a quarterback. We might as well just put in, you know, the rookie. Uh, the Patriots. Uh, just dismantled the Dolphins. Of course, the Dolphins are taking, they are ducking from passes thrown to them by, by their quarterback. They don't want no parts and nothing they want to lose and they want to tank. 43-0 to zero is the final score there. Burn it, burn it, Orlando. Uh, sorry, Miami is burning, is burning. They they intend to renew again uh, in the ashes like a Phoenix. I don't think so. They're just going to be trash for a while. Sorry, it's not going to work that way. Uh, we have the Chiefs beating up on my Raiders 28-10. to 10. We'll get it back next week. Hopefully, we got the Rams taking a uh, getting a win, a, a good uh, end of this. Well, start of the season win against the Saints, twenty-seven to nine. We got the Bears just, just, and just barely beating the Broncos, sixteen to fourteen. Both teams have pretty solid defenses, but both teams have trash offenses. I don't know what to make of it. And finally, the Eagles beat the Falcons here, twenty to twenty-four. Uh, oh, I have an error to admit here. Uh, originally in my NFC preview, I had reported that Matt Bryan was on his way out and he was going to be replaced by Giorgio Tavecchio and some other cat. It didn't happen. Matt Bryan is still there. Uh, he's still apparently doing his thing. He's not retiring or whatever. And he's doing his thing pretty good. I don't really have any stats on him at the moment, but just know that I made an error there and I will be making a effort to be transparent when those things happen. Just to let y'all know, starting today. All right, y'all, I am going to take another quick break, and when I come back, I will be going over some MLB action. Of course, we have some news, uh, some highlights in terms of scores, and, of course, we have the standings. Wild card, playoff races, we got to talk about it. It's getting near the end of the season, y'all. All right, I'll be right back. for today and of course i'll be talking some baseball uh let's start off with some uh some news and the biggest news that i came across over the weekend of course the biggest news is the uh, the braves finally clinching their playoff spot uh they were able to beat the nationals saturday night 10 to 1 their magic number to clinch the division is now four meaning they just need to win four more games uh now it might be five though they did take another loss to the nationals on sunday so 
uh, the magic number I believe is between four and five, so they need about four to five games uh, to win the division. Uh, but Ronald Acuna came up big with a two-run double, double, excuse me, in the seventh inning uh, that would lead to the win. Uh, Mike Fultonowitz will get the win. Uh, he's now currently seven and five on the year. He will go for six innings Saturday night, just giving up one earned run, uh, four hits, and he also had five Ks. Uh, this was not without some drama. Infielder uh, Charlie Culberson would have to be hospitalized after a pitch hit him in the face in the seventh inning. He definitely has some facial fractures there, and he will miss some time. Uh, but the Braves have clinched back-to-back -back playoff bursts for the first time since 2012 and 2013, so good luck to them. Uh, like I said, they need a few more games to win their division, uh, but, they, but they, I think they are in the driver's seat come to the playoff. Uh, I think uh, they're more than likely going to be going up against the uh, wild card winner so they will have uh, somewhat of an easier task before they have to take off uh, against the winner between uh, the LA uh, the winner of the LA series because um, I think LA is going to come in come into the playoffs as at least a National League favorite uh, everything with them is they're good up until they get to uh, the World Series. That's that's the that's been their knock over the past few years of this decade. So they, I mean, the Dodgers are definitely still going to be the favorites, though. But uh, Atlanta has a good chance, in my opinion, as well. I think they uh, have a good pitching staff uh, that's gotten better. Uh, some really great relievers there, and they do have some great hitting as well with Ronald Acuna. Uh, but let's move on to the scores uh, from yesterday. We'll start off with the Red Sox getting it done against the Phillies. Six to three for the Red Sox. They were led by catcher Christian Vasquez. He uh, Vasquez, excuse me. He had two home runs, uh, bringing in five RBIs as well. Right fielder J.D. Martinez had an RBI as well, and pitcher Rick Porcello. Uh, he was able to get the win going for five innings, giving up five hits, but only two earned runs. He also had six strikeouts. Uh, the bullpen came up pretty clutch as well, just giving up one extra run. Uh, the Phillies were led by uh, second baseman Cesar. Hernandez, who had two uh, hits and uh, two hits in our RBIs, and first baseman Reese Hoskins, uh, and also shortstop Juan Segura hit RBIs as well. Let's move on. Uh, we have some AL East action here. The Blue Jays get a minor upset against the Yankees. It doesn't really make a difference because the Yankees are definitely going to the playoffs and have a playoff. Uh, well, are going to win that division pretty much uh, pretty soon. Six to four was the final score there uh, in a battle between two. Two bottom dwelling teams. The Orioles got it done against the Tigers, eight to two. We got the Indians getting it done, trying to pull closer in that AL Central race. I think time is about running out. Seven to five is the score there, but they are going to be alive for a while in that wild card race. Uh, we do have, like I said, the Braves getting it done against the Nationals, seven to zip yesterday. Uh, so again, the, the Braves are still a little bit of ways from winning, winning that divisional title, but I think they are in line to get it. The Nationals are just playing some tough baseball right now, and I'm not mad at them. They do have a playoff spot that they are fighting for with the wild card. Uh, the Brewers get it done against the Cardinals 7-6. They have been hot as of late. We will get to them in a little bit. Uh, we have the Astros here who are who won 12-3 versus the Royals in an easy game. Uh, we have the Cubs getting it done, beaten down on the Pirates. They are also fighting for that wild card spot as well. Well, a wild card spot. Uh, but let's break this one down for the Pirates. They will led by outfitter Pablo Reyes who had two hits and three RBIs and also shortstop Kevin New 
uh, Newman had an RBI as well. For the Cubs, uh, they were led by the uh, sorry third baseman Chris Bryant, who had three hits and four RBIs, and left fielder Kyle Schwarber had three hits and three RBIs as well. Let's move on to the pitching. Uh, the Cubs were led by Jose Quintana. He went for two penny. Uh, he didn't get the win. He had a very difficult outing actually. Uh, he went for two. Uh, Two innings, he gave up eight hits and five runs, but the bullpen came up pretty clutch. They went for six innings after that. Uh, they did get up six hits, but no runs, and they also had five strikeouts between all of them as well. And finally, the A's. My A's got it done against the Rangers, six to one. I love it. Uh, for the A's, they were led by self, uh, sorry, left fielder Seth Brown, who had two hits and two RBIs. Marcus Simeon was able to drive in a run as well, actually two RBIs. And infielder Sean Murphy had an RBI as well. And pitcher Sean Manea got the win, going for six innings, giving up just three hits, six. Case and zero, uh, zero earned runs. I think the A's are a very sneaky sleeper team. Um, I, I, you know, I don't want to say it just yet. I won't say dark horse. I think dark horse is a little bit strong, but I think they are a sleeper team if they are able, able to get past the wild card game. I think they're a definite. I'm gonna repeat it just so nobody thinks I'm super crazy. If they are, if this is it, if they are able to get to the wild card, get past the wild card game, I think this team is a sleeper coming out of the AL. Of course, you have the Astros as a favorite, uh, but again, and I think your dark horse. Uh, I think your favorites would probably be New York and maybe the Astros. A dark horse playoff team, possibly uh, the Twins, of course. Uh, we do have the Rays if they're able to get uh, past the wild card game because it, how everything is mapped out now, it'll be the A's and the Rays facing off of that wild card game. Um, I, I have the Rays and maybe the A's too as possible sleeper team. Maybe both of those guys just as popular, uh, just as, as low-key sleeper, possible sleeper teams. Uh, as far as the dark horse right now, I definitely have the Twins right now. Your favorites, of course, are the Astros and the Yankees, but I just wanted to just put that out there about the A's they are really a sleeper team there's some things that go on under the radar uh yeah, that goes on under the radar in Oakland that people are missing so even Oakland people are missing because they don't really go to the games unfortunately but there's some good baseball being played out here in the East Bay do not sleep on it and I do not be surprised if you win that wild card game versus Tampa Bay I wouldn't be I would especially at this point I wouldn't be. Uh, let's move on to the standings. Uh, currently in the AL East, of course, we have the Yankees, close to another, close to 100, another 100 win season. They are currently at 98 and 53. They have gone six and four in the last ten. Of course, like I said, this is a playoff favorite. Uh, next to the Astros, this team is loaded top to bottom. One thing it doesn't really have though uh, that the, that Houston does have is great pitching they have solid pitching uh they are bringing some people back including in carlos Stanton, though. so some real all-stars some power sluggers and they are bringing some pitch uh, some some capable pitchers back with Luis Severino. So look out for the Yankees as well. Uh, in terms of the second place uh, spot here, of course, we have the Rays here, 89 and 62. They currently have the second uh, wild card spot. They currently, well, they were holding on to that first, the first wild card standing, the first wild card seed for the longest, but the A's have just been too strong. Uh, in terms of the division, the Rays are nine games back and they've gone seven and three in their last 10. Up next, we have the Red Sox at 79 and 70. They have been eliminated 
eliminated from playoff play a little while ago. Uh, we also have the Blue Jays here at 59 and 91, and the Orioles at 49 and 100. Let's move on to the AL Central. We have the Twins here on top at 91 and 58. They've gone five and five in their last 10. Again, they're looking like a dark horse in my opinion. They've hit the most home runs uh, so far this season. You have the Yankees right up behind them. Um, I think this team has a pretty solid pitching staff as well. So it'll be cool to see them make it uh, to the playoffs just to see what they have, just to see them up against the best uh, for a series or two. So, um, yeah, I think they're going to definitely make it. But they do have some competition, though. The the uh, the Indians have maintained a really good pace. They're right up on them at four and a half games. I don't think they can uh, win a division, but they're definitely challenging for that wild card spot. They are currently two games back behind the Rays. They are four and a half games back in the division. Uh, and they are six and four in the last ten. Round out the AL Central, we have the Chicago White Sox at 68, 68 and 84. We have the Royals here at 55 and 95, and the Tigers at 44 and 104. Uh, next up, we have the AL West, where the Astros are still in the lead, uh, 98 and 55, 7 and 3 in the last 10. Up next, we have the Oakland A's, who have battled all the way back. Now they are just seven and a half games back in the division, but they are now controlling their destiny in terms of a wild card, in my opinion. They have made it to the first place slot there, so they are definitely, in my opinion, holding key to at least a holding true to at least a wild card i'm not i'm not you know of course you have to the order to qualify for the playoffs you have to win the wild card game but in my opinion they definitely have that again they are 90 and 60 they are eight and two in the last 10 they are hot their pitching staff is is damn good you have homer bailey tanner work and then you have this new guy sean manea who's working his way getting some good innings in uh not giving up a lot of runs getting strikeouts which is something that the top pitchers at least in this uh league are doing look at look at uh, what the houston astros are doing they get guys out they get strikeouts justin verlander you also got uh what's your what's your boy uh zach Rinky. They are raw over there. They got a few more pitches over there to talk about, but Oakland has some good pitchers as well, which is why I'm going to put them as a playoff sleeper, especially if they're able to get past that wild card game. Rays, be prepared. I will be prepared. Do whatever you take, all the notes you can get. The A's are coming to play. This, I'm not saying this is going to be the year. I'm not saying I'm not saying Royal Series or nothing like that. But do not be surprised if a team like this makes a run. I, I I like it top to bottom. They hit for contact. They can hit for power and pitching. They pitch for control and they can pitch for outs as well. Do not sleep on the Oakland A's. Do not do it. You will be ashamed of yourself. Well, you will be surprised pleasantly so well for me yeah and for you you'll be pleasantly surprised uh moving on uh we have the the rangers here in the third place spot 74 and 77 below 500 they're not making the playoffs we also have the angels here at 68 and 82 and the mariners at 62 and 88 both teams that have been long removed from the playoff conversation let's move on to the national league of course in the national league east we have the braves here who have officially clinched their playoff spot they are 93 and 58 six and four in the last 10 up next we have the nationals here at 82 and 66 nine and a half games back they are four and six in the last 10 they are not going to catch up with the Braves let's just be honest here but they do have an opportunity to uh get a wild card spot if they if they if the season were to end today the wild card will be between the Nationals and the Cubs 
and you can take your pick about which one you want from there. Uh, moving on to the third place spot, we have the, uh, the Mets here at 77 and 72, still within that wild card race, but it is evaporating. That that chance is evaporating quickly as we go along. We have the Phillies here at 76 and 76, same situation. That opportunity for a wild card is vanishing daily. And finally, at the fifth place spot, we have the Marlins at 52 and 97. They are done. They're garbage. Who cares? They no. Let's move on. To the NL Central, we have the Cardinals here, 83 and 66, 5 and 5 in the last 10. They are doing their damnedest to hold on to this NL Central because it is hard. At, uh, the team right next to them is two games back. The, Car the Cubs, excuse me, uh, are 81 and 68, like I said, right up on their ass. But again, they and they've also gone 5 and 5 in the last 10. So again, it's up and down right now in the NL Central. It's probably going to be decided the last game of the season. I've been saying this the whole time. We have the Brewers here in the third place spot at 80 and 61 three games back but they are hot 91 of the last 10 look out y'all look out um we also have the reds here at 70 and 80 and finally rounding out the rear uh for the nl central we have the pirates at 65 and 85 in the nl west we have the dodgers here at 97 and 54 we have the diamondbacks here 76 and 74 uh what what do you want to say it's they're not winning anything i don't even think they're at this point they're slowly like just like the phillies and the mets their chances at a, a wild card are slowly evaporating we have the giants here in the third place spot 72 and 78 and rounding out the rear in the rear in the nl west we have the padres at 68 and 81 and the rockies at 65 and 85 as far as a playoff favorite of course we got the dodgers here uh we had the i got the dodgers and of course the braves as far as the sleeper is concerned um mm, definitely the cardinals they're getting they're not i mean not a sleeper but definitely a dark horse uh definitely a great pitching staff there they come alive over the last couple of months in the nl central they were third uh throughout the process uh, throughout the season almost up until maybe about late july early august where they were able to solidify the first place spot and been there since then so the cardinals are definitely a dark horse and as far as a sleeper is concerned why not the nationals of course they would have to get past the uh the uh, wild card game uh, with the Cubs, but either the Cubs or the Nationals, uh, I think the winner of that wild card game, which is probably looking like it's going to happen, uh, even the Brewers, if they're ha if they able to get there and to win, would definitely be a sleeper team here. Uh, this is a team that got hot. They're currently nine and one uh, in the moment on the season. Uh, I don't think they make the wild card game though. So let's be realistic. Between the two wild card games, uh, that'll be my sleeper uh, here, and that'll be the Nationals and the Cubs right now. Those are my two sleepers. My playoff sleepers right now all right y'all i'm gonna call it a wrap for today of course we have some monday night football coming on uh later on today that i will be recapping tomorrow i got a word on the street segment that i'll be saving for tomorrow as well all right y'all if y'all looking to get in touch with me you can reach me on my email at uh, eljbutler75 at gmail.com that is ljbutler75 at gmail.com eljbutler75 at gmail.com i am also on facebook 
Facebook and Instagram at L Jamal Ajani. That is E L J M A H A D J A N I. Once again, that is L Jamal Ajani. E L J A M A H A D J A N I. I also got a Facebook page as well. Uh, we have links on there. I got uh, PayPal links and also the Cash App link as well. If you are looking to donate anything, anything, I mean anything is uh, appreciated again like i've told you guys this is going i'm looking to make this my full-time career at some point we i am looking to you know further my education in this and just further uh, my skills in this uh again to make somewhat of a profit at some point um again this is look i'm looking for this to be my future um yeah so any any little bit will help even if it's just interaction or uh uh, critic constructive criticisms or uh you know um positive uh, reinf uh reinforcement that is all necessary all uh very well needed and much appreciated and i have so much gratitude to people that are able to reach and link up with me thank you it is um it's easier to do this again um when you have when you have a good support system uh this is something that i just decided to do on the whim, on a whim one day. Well, I had, I had been planning this for years, to be honest with you, but I just didn't have the guts to just do it. And finally, now I had the guts to do it within the last year or so, and I think I thank my support system around me for allowing me or encouraging me to do so. Um, so uh, anybody who's looking to reach out with me, reach out to me. I am always there uh, with a helping hand. I had a situation last night, like I said, with my flat tire, and I had complete strangers help me out with my situation and I was able to get home safely so again I do know the positivity of helping people and being around for others and hopefully I can do that with this show and bring people together and uh, have some positivity or at least have some discussions uh, with people so if you're looking to look uh, looking to link up or uh, communicate with me of course the links are there um, I do have the Facebook page and the Instagram as well and if you're following me there course i'll be keeping you guys as posted as po as up to date as possible either on facebook or uh or uh, instagram excuse me so again uh if anybody hasn't told you yet i love you peace out one love and i will holla at y'all later